Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. I'm from South Africa, born in South Africa, and uh, we are currently here in the U.S. We're heading back home end of this month, and uh, it is amazing to see what God is doing all over the world. I want to say to you tonight that, you know, God's church has been under attack globally. God's people has been under attack. Families has been under attack. But I want to say to you that the church is very precious to the Lord, very precious to Him, very close to His heart. Never get into a position where you say anything negative about the church of God. Don't speak against the church. It's very close to the heart of God. Whether you agree with them, you know, whether it is whether they sing as fast as you want them to sing or as slow as you want them to sing, um, don't speak against the church of God. It's very close to the heart of God. And so the church has been under attack, and God's people has been under attack. There's no doubt that globally that uh, the enemy has attacked the bride of Christ. But let me tell you that God will never, will never, leave his church in that state or that condition without restoring it sevenfold. And so if the enemy attacks the church and God's people, I expect a sevenfold return. I expect God to come and restore the church. And the same thing with men and women of God. If a man or woman of God is under attack, God will never leave that man or woman of God there, the men and women of God that's been under attack will be restored. They will not just be restored, they will be restored sevenfold. And if I say sevenfold, this is a responsibility that the kingdom takes. And so even they, though they are down now or tired now, the kingdom of God will fight on their behalf. The kingdom of God will restore them and will bring them back sevenfold. And so it is not our position to speak against the kingdom of God, to speak against the church. Um, I minister globally. I minister in very strange churches globally. Many of the churches, I don't understand clearly what they're doing, why they're doing it, or how they're doing it. But I know that God has sent me there. And so my responsibility is to go and uh, to take the word of God to the nations, whether I agree with their doctrine. And so in these days, I've learned that many have come to know their doctrine more and love their doctrine more than they love God. And so as a church, we can never, the end result of what we minister is the love of God. That is the end. That's what we want to get to. Not our doctrine. You know, it's not our doctrine that gets people saved, but the love of God. And so that is our message, is that He, He so loved the world. That is the message that we have. We don't have a message of people that have to conform to what we want to do and, and uh, what we want to do. No, the message is the love of God. And all of us are called to that message. Now, it is critical. Right now, there is a revival that is happening globally. But what will destroy this revival is when we want to force God to do the old again. It means that we, we want a new thing, but we want it to look like it has been previously. We say, God, come, come and do a new thing, but remember, it has to look like that. <laughs> that is what, you know, that's just humans. I mean, we have a nature of what it has to fit into what we want it to look like. And I want to say to you, I've been in many revivals in many nations, and it's, it's shaken me 
because it's it, those revivals have shaken my doctrine. I've been, been in revivals where it's not it's not my understanding. It's not it's not what I'm a, what, what I'm used to. It's not what I. It's different, and so we have to learn to sense the move of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is in it, I want to be in it. Whether I understand it or not, I want to be part of that right now. And so God is busy doing a new thing globally, but in America as well, many pastors that's here tonight, he's doing a new thing in your church, in the ministry and place that you are connected to. And God wants to guide you into what he wants to do. Now, the Holy Spirit, we spoke about it this morning, the Holy Spirit gets grieved and it takes time for the Holy Spirit to get grieved. It's when we obstruct the flow of the Holy Spirit. And we obstruct that flow because we, want, we have our own way. And so he keeps on trying to, to fulfill the will and plan of God, but we stop that flow. We obstruct the flow of the Holy Spirit, and then that stops a revival. It quenches the Holy Spirit completely when we start to do that. And so we are in a place right now where many are, are throttling they're busy quenching the Holy Spirit. And we have to be so careful in your ministry, in your life, not to obstruct the flow of the Holy Spirit. To say, Holy Spirit, even though I don't understand this completely, even though it doesn't fit into my understanding, come and have your way. Come and do what you want to do. I want to be part of it. And so I want to release a statement tonight, and I want to say that I would rather be an amateur in the new than an expert in the old. I know the old stuff. I've been in that. I know it. But God's doing a new thing. And in this new thing, there's no experts. The playground is level. <laughs> there's no one that, has the, no one that has, has the fullness. No one. Only Christ has that. And so he uses his giftings. Now, when we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it speaks about the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, gift of healing, gift of prophecy, uh, tongues. All these are gifts but they all flow through the Holy Spirit. And so that is our source. I cannot function in the gift of God that He has given me if the Holy Spirit is being quenched. I cannot function. It is the, it's a source that gets shut off. I cannot function. If I have to function without the Holy Spirit, I'm going to function in my own ability. I'm going to say things and do things that's not led by God. And so I am, I am dependent on the flow of the Holy Spirit in my life. And in the same way, you are dependent on the Holy Spirit in your life right now. Because there's no longer ministry and business. There's no longer Sundays and Mondays. Were you either in Christ or out of Christ? It's one life. When we, when we receive Him, that is the life that we live. And so in that life, we become dependent on the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit and everything that we're doing. And so the question is not, what is the Holy Spirit saying? Uh, the question is, what is He saying to you? Because He might lead me in something very different from what He's leading you into right now. And so He wants to come and lead and guide you into where you are right now. He wants to show you the way that you have to follow in business, in ministry, in your family. Now, God has has a clear intention, and His intention is to take over. <laughs> He's pouring out His Spirit on all people. Yeah. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. He's pouring out His Spirit. There's no limitation to that. So God is still busy pouring out His Spirit on a daily basis, and He wants to take over. Yeah. 
You know, I don't know where, where we've come to the doctrine that, that heaven belongs to us and earth belongs to the enemy. <laughs> God is taking over. <laughs> He's busy establishing His church and nothing can stand against that. The enemy can come and attack the church as he did, but God would restore His church sevenfold. And so I release this on your life tonight, any of you that has suffered in the last two years, that has been attacked in your family, in your finances, in your relationships, any of you that has been going through a challenge, I stand on your behalf tonight and I pray to God that He would bring a sevenfold return into your life. That He would restore you, your finances, your relationships, uh, your health, that He would come and He would be your restorer, that the kingdom of God would fight for you in this season. Amen? So tonight, I want to be honest with you. I have only one intention. And the intention that I have tonight <laughs> is, uh, number one, is to get you to dream again. Okay? Is to wake up your dreams. And then uh, my intention tonight is, uh, secondly, to get you healed and get you restored. And so whatever is holding you back to set you free from that. And then lastly, my intention tonight is to get you drunk. Okay. And so I want to be honest with you. So this, it's not hidden. My intention is to get you drunk. Okay. The thing is about drunk people. Now, I, 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 <laughs> at the age of 18, I stopped. I was drunk. The last time I was drunk in my life, I mean, like, literally drunk was 18. And I said, Lord, I'll, I'll never in my life get drunk again. Um, but I'm not speaking about that drunk. I'm speaking about drunk in the spirit. Because what I love about drunk people is drunk people are dreamers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've had a lot of dreams. <laughs> the second thing that I love about drunk people is they have boldness. Yeah. I mean, they've got a lot of boldness. They, they dream big and then they have boldness to go for it and do it. The third thing that I love about drunk people is that nothing is impossible to them. <laughs> nothing is possible I mean you tell them that that cannot be they believe it's possible I've seen drunk men walk or climb stairs to the top of a building and they could believe they could fly you know, they believe in the impossible but I'm speaking about a different drunkenness tonight I'm speaking about drunk in the spirit so that he can come and restore and awaken your dreams once again he could activate you now we are all dependent on the Holy Spirit. We need Him to come and move in our lives. And so right now, there's a flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. There's a flow of Him. And whatever is obstructing, obstructing that flow is what we need to remove right now. Whatever is limiting that flow of the Holy Spirit in your life, what He wants, what is, what is stopping that, what is limiting that is what needs to be removed. And it's different, different areas, different things that are causing that obstruction but we, we have a God, we have His Holy Spirit here that's ready to remove that obstruction. That's ready to remove whatever is limiting you. Whatever is, whatever is stopping you from being in that flow of the Holy Spirit, the rhythm of the Holy Spirit in your life right now, what He wants to do. We are in a time where we cannot look at what other people are doing right now. 
You have to be in your flow. You have to say, God, what is, where do you want me to be? And it's all different. People, it says people that are specifically called for business. That is their calling. That is their assignment. And God has told them that this is where I'm raising you up to be a king. Then there's people that are called to be priests, to be in ministry. And God says that I'm setting this calling apart for you. You will not touch anything else. You are called only to ministry. And it's a calling. And then there are those that are called to both. They're called to ministry and business. And it's a calling from God where God says, I'm going to establish you in ministry, but yet in business as well, in both places. And so it is important not to copy what other people are doing, but to stay in the flow where you are called for. Because we will be, I don't like to use the word judged, but we will be judged according, according to our purpose. And so it's not about what other, someone else is doing, but what are you called to do in this season? And in my life, there's been things that has limited me or obstructed the flow of God in my life. And God had to come and remove that obstruction. Now, in my life, one of the things that obstructed the flow uh, of the Holy Spirit in my life was poverty. I grew up in a family that had extreme poverty. And so that's what we knew. We knew poverty. We grew up, we were poor. Poor people called us poor. And so uh, that is what I knew. I knew you know, the way we grew up. We, we struggled. We, I knew everything. I remember everything we went through as, as children in that. And so even when I got saved, I had an obstruction of the flow in, in my life because of poverty. I could not be led by the Holy Spirit because I was in that area, I was led by poverty. And so God had to come and deal with that area in my life. And it took time. It, it, <laughs> it, was, it was challenging because when you grow up in poverty, you, let me explain this to you. You can be a billionaire today and still have a poverty mindset. It's nothing to do with what you have. It's a mindset. <laughs> and so when you grow up with poverty, you want to, you, have, you, you accumulate everything. You're afraid of the future because you, you can lose it. And so you're so afraid you hold on to everything because it's, you, you think it's the last thing that you have. And so God had to come and he had to restore me of it. He had to teach me how to let go because I obstructed the flow of the Holy Spirit in my life. When the Holy Spirit gave me certain instructions, poverty kicked in. And I didn't do it because I was afraid because of poverty. And so the Lord took me on a journey and he helped me, he delivered me from that. And it took time. It wasn't instantly. There was many things I had to go through and he had to set me free from that completely until I got to a place today where I'm not obstructing the flow of the Holy Spirit in that area of my life. You know, he can flow through me, whatever he needs to do, whatever he wants to do, I'm ready to move in that area. And uh, this is where I want to pray that God would come and reveal it to you. The idea is not to expose you in any way tonight. The idea is to identify what is obstructing that flow and then to deal with that. And secondly, relationships can become an obstruction. Uh, a person, an individual, a family uh, can become an obstruction where, where when, it, when it comes to the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life, that individual obstructs the flow of the Holy Spirit because you've put them there, you've placed that individual there and they are more important, more, more precious to you than the Holy Spirit. I want to say to the pastors that see in the room that uh, 
And as I'm saying this, um, you know, with a with a upright heart tonight, I want to say to you that we cannot accommodate a people at the cost of the anointing anymore. We cannot accommodate people at the cost of the anointing. And so God has to come. If people want to be offended, they have to be offended. But we have to do, and we have to be obedient to what God tells us to do. Because at the end of the day, it is obedience that will save a city. <laughs> it is obedience that will save an area. And right now, every minister needs to hear from the Lord, what they need to do, and they have to follow that, because God will lead them to where they need to be, and it will save the city. But their, their obedience is critical right now. I've learned that um, the cost of disobedience is far greater than the cost of obedience. <laughs> you think it's going to cost something for being obedient, but disobedience will take us into a journey, will take you through a desert experience that God has never intended for you. And so it's better for us to be obedient in that moment when God speaks to us, when He shows us what He wants to do. Now, one thing that made the apostles so powerful was the fact that they had unity. And I want to read with you tonight in the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 32, he says, All the believers were one in heart and mind, and no one claimed that any of the possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. Not just in one individual, in them all. But he shares the power. It show, he shows us where the power is. He starts off, he says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. They had one heart and one mind. Now, for you to have one heart and one mind, you have to come into agreement. Because <laughs> people will never agree. There will always be someone that will disagree. But I have to, I have to come into agreement. There's areas in my marriage where we disagree, but I've learned that we have to come into agreement, that, that one puts a thousand to flight, two ten thousand, but two people that are not in agreement puts nothing to flight. And so I choose to come into agreement. And so there's times where my wife thinks differently about a, a, a subject than I, and she has to come into agreement with me. And there's, there's times where I have to come into agreement with her. And so, but we've learned the power of unity. We've learned that we have to come into agreement. There will always be things where we would not agree on. And that is what makes the church precious because the church is not a religious institution, but a family. You know, we can beat, beat each other up, but we remain family. We're still brothers and sisters. We're not going to be divided by the fact that we don't agree on everything. We choose to come into agreement. And so he says, all the believers were one in heart and mind, and no one claimed that any of the possessions was their own. They had one heart, one mind, and the second thing is their possessions did not divide them. Their possessions, what they had, what they accumulated, their level of success did not divide them. When they came together, they came together as one. They had a common goal. They did not have 
rich disciples and poor disciples. <laughs> they, they came together and they had a common goal and it was the kingdom of God. And then after that he says, uh, but they shared everything they had with great power. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It is clear that the doctrine, that the testimony, that the word was solid in them. And that word was the res resurrection of the Lord Jesus. That is the message that they had. And so they had one word, one mind. They, didn't, they, they, they shared their possessions and they had one message. And the message was Jesus. The resurrection of Lord Jesus. And then he says, with great power. God's grace was so powerfully at them all. And with great power. And then the power was released. The enemy has one assignment right now with uh, what we're facing globally. And that assignment is number one, is to stop gatherings. To stop people from coming together. And then he will do everything in his power to stop that gatherings. And if they gather, then he will try to break unity to get them to disagree on something. And he will use all these subjects that we see and hear to bring division. And so if we can identify the plan of the enemy from the beginning, and we know that this is why he's using this, is he wants to break unity. Because when he breaks unity in the church, the church becomes powerless. And so for us tonight to experience the power of God, we have to come into unity. With you, whether you agree or not, we have to agree to agree. We have to choose to come into unity. Whether, whether you're not happy or you don't like the doctrine, you don't like the message, you don't like uh, you know, the color of the walls, you don't like the, the red carpets, you come into unity. You choose to come into unity and say, we're going to have one heart and one mind. That's it. Not to build a religion, not to build a name, but to build the kingdom of God. That's the heart that we have. And so we are united in that. That is what unites us. You know, it is not <laughs> denominations or networks that unites us. We're united in the message. And the message is Jesus. That is what unites us globally and it brings us together. And as that happens, then power is released. Now there's power in the room. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. Not just in the, the pastor or the prophet or the evangelist, in them all, the grace of God yeah. was there. And so whether you got saved <laughs> 10 years ago or yesterday, it's the same, it's the same, <laughs> the same benefit. Yeah. You don't have to have a, <laughs> 10 years of experience for this. You have access to this because of the unity. Now, I'm sharing this with you because I want your eyes to be open to see the tactics of the enemy. That when you go through a storm right now, it is not the storm. That's what you see on the surface. That's not what it's about. It is not the sickness. It's not the disease. It's not the stuff that you see on the surface. That's not what it's about. He's trying to break unity. He's trying to bring fear in. That's a, that's a tactic of the enemy. And so we have to look beyond that storm and realize that this is his plan. Now, the enemy's plan has not changed. His plan is to steal, kill, and destroy. It has not changed. Same plan. That is his plan. 
to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy has no intention to bless you so that he can kill you. <laughs> no blessing comes from him. Nothing good comes from him. Nothing. He has no intention to prosper you so that, so that he can take away everything later. No. He, there's no good in him. Nothing. He hates, he hates human beings. I don't want to even say children of God. He hates human beings. And the reason is that he hates their faces because they are created in the image and the likeness of God. He hates that fact. That is what he's against. He's against your creator, the one who has created you. And so God is taking us into a season where he is bringing power back to the church. If I say the church, I mean you. He's bringing power back to your lives. But for us to walk in that power, we have to walk in unity. And we need each other. We need each other. The fivefold need each other. The church is built on the foundation of the prophets and the apostles. We, we need, we work together in the same kingdom of God. We need one another. There is not one person out there that has the, the full truth. You know, I've learned that, <laughs> that every person is disillusional at some stage in their life. We all lack something. We all need, need one another. And so the way we win this is to unite, is to take hands and, and to have one heart and one mind, one common goal, which is the kingdom of God, and to choose to come into agreement and to say, I want to stand in agreement with you, with what God is doing in your life right now. I unite myself with that. I choose to be there. And so we have to learn to look at one another and we have to see Christ in one another, not the outward appearance. Now I've learned that people are not what they've done. It's not who they are. They're not what they've done. So I've, we can look at them and we can judge them and we can dishonor them because of what we've heard. That's not who they are. It's who they are. The word says that when any man is saved, he's a new creation. New. And so no one has the right to even mention what someone has done in their past. You see, you, your voice is either, you're either a mouthpiece of God or a mouthpiece of the enemy. When you speak on behalf of God or you speak on behalf of the enemy. And the enemy is the accuser. He's the one that accuses. He's the one that exposes people's sin. He's the one that He's the false testimony. And I'm not going to use my mouth. I'm not going to give my mouth and use my mouth in service to Him. My mouth, I'll be a mouthpiece to God. I'll be in service of Him. And so there's some conversations and situations we just have to walk away from. We cannot entertain that. We cannot... We cannot become that mouthpiece and speak against another man and woman of God and a son and daughter of God. There's no difference between a man of God and a son and daughter of God. The highest position in the kingdom of God is a son and daughter of God. It's nothing higher than that. Highest place that you can be. And we cannot be that mouthpiece. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.
Thank you, Father, for every person that's here in this room right now. Father, we pray tonight that you would come, Lord, and let us dream again. Father, refresh our dreams. Let us dream again, Father. Not dream what is possible or what we've had, but let us dream about the future that you have for us. Lord, let us dream about where you want to take us. Father, I pray for ministries tonight. I pray for businesses tonight. I pray for entrepreneurs tonight, kings tonight. I pray for the fivefold tonight, Lord, that you would give them dreams, fresh dreams. I pray for worship leaders tonight, Lord, that they would dream and write songs for the future. That you would awaken their dreams once again. Father, I stretch out my hands over a body tonight that has been attacked by the enemy, that has been stolen from, a church that has been under attack, families that's been under attack. And Father, tonight I stand in agreement with them for a sevenfold return. Whatever they lost, I pray it would come back to them. And Father, I pray that your kingdom would intervene in their lives. That your kingdom would respond. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.